Welcome back to the Inspiring Competence Podcast, where we make a profession out of being unprofessional. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, so here we are in Roslar's tomb still, but we managed to end things without really any combats in sight, uh, which I think is the second time in a row. Yeah, it's uh, it's giving us a false sense of security here. Yeah. So you guys did just do a uh, a tile puzzle, uh, which is pretty similar to the one that you did when you were in the original Roslar's tomb, at least original to this AP back in the Boneyard. Uh, and when you did it then, uh, a little panel on the wall behind the altar of um, Arasni opened up and you guys got some cool like armor and weapons out of it. Uh, this time, the panel like popped open, and uh, we haven't seen what's behind it yet, uh, but who would like to uh, take that leap, open up that panel? Well, I think we ended last week, uh, Uhtred walked over. I think that's true. Okay, Uhtred. Uh, you, uh, you open up that panel, and you see a dusty five-foot-wide corridor that clearly hasn't been used for decades. Thick cobwebs hang from the ceiling. And the passage seems to just go on and on, like straight forward. There, there's some sort of passageway behind this panel. Wow, it goes, it's fucking long. Ushud would like, you know, kind of hand wave everyone over to come take a look. And is it lit up? Like we can see into it? No, I mean, you can see... Like if you're using your dancing lights, you'd probably be able to see like 30 to 60 feet in front of you, uh, as would like uh, Rogyar with his dark vision. But yeah, like the tunnel extends beyond like what you can see right. either with magical or natural uh, help. All right, Uhtred's gonna start down the pathway, and he'll detect right. magic. Well, you got your Rogyar balloon following you too. <laughs> Uh, um, well, this passageway, sorry, this passageway is not tall enough for Rogyar to float above anybody. Oh, well, then Rogyar's in the back. <laughs> okay. Tom, are you about to say something? Oh, yeah. Vipere is uh, following Uhtred. Invisible, like. And uh, how about Randolph? Randolph is in it. He's uh, apprehensive, but with the team, ready to go. The passage makes a turn here or there. Might be a, a few steps up or down every so often, but it never branches. There's never any intersections, um, and it remains just a five-foot-wide corridor. You guys are going to be walking for a bit. You don't really see any anything out of the ordinary, like a- anything other than this corridor for about ten minutes of walking. Uh, on that note, too, Rogar is definitely going to start hyperventilating a couple of times because this is like mm-hmm. the epitome of, oh, my fucking God, he is stuck underground. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody else have? Um, can I make a... I, I want to continuously detect magic as we go down the corridor. Okay. But can I also make a perception check for specifically looking for any kind of traps? Sure. Uh I'm making a perception check, but uh, I'm specifically looking forward to see if, like, we're walking down the same bit of hallway over and over and over again. Okay. Make sure we're not in, like, a repeating hallway. That's smart. 
There's no precedent for that. <laughs> you guys have never had to deal with anything like that before. <laughs> yeah, never. I got a 14. I got a 13. Okay. Um, you guys aren't really seeing anything out of the ordinary. Viper, you're not positive. You're having a hard time, like, keeping as tight a lid on it as you'd probably like to with a 13 perception, but you're fairly sure the hallway's not repeating itself. Okay. This is this is getting weird, right? Like, why in the middle of a graveyard would they have such a massive tunneling system? In Roslaw's in Rossler's coffer, like it's not even a big town. What's the point of this? You, you're raising some good questions, Vipira. I don't think I'm aware of any tomb that would have such a feature. Uh, does it feel like we're walking? Like at an incline or decline, or making just it feels horizontal, like level ground. It's there, like I said before, there's a few steps up and maybe then a few steps down. And like, so you're you're going up a little up, a little down, but nothing really seems like you're going like you're just like descending or ascending uh, in any significant way. Uh, it seems like it's averaging out to be more or less horizontal. About 10 minutes goes by. Ten minutes? Holy shit. Ten minutes. And you come to what at first appears to be a dead end. But uh, upon closer inspection, you see that it actually ends with the other side of a hidden door. And Uhtred, being out front, would be able to easily enough. It might seem a little, uh, a little janky. Like, maybe it hasn't been used in quite a while, but it's not jammed or anything. And uh, move this uh, secret door aside. And you find yourselves in what looks like a small cellar. Uh, are we expecting a to be here? cellar in the tomb? No. What would, a, what would a tomb need a cellar for? It is I a cellar. I mean, we've also been walking through this hallway for ten minutes, which, like... Oh, like oh, walking I see at a going. continuous pace for ten minutes—that's like a mile. Puts us outside. Yeah, the like graveyard. we've been walking for like a mile. <laughs> oh, make shit. a survival check. Like, yeah. Do we start to think maybe we're no longer within side Rossler Coffer's like town limits? No way. Survival checks. I'm Are we on, on the other side of the cloud? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I, I, I withdraw any of the questions I just presented. Uchid Your Honor. <laughs> Uhtred holds a finger up and says, We're in space! <laughs> that good of a roll, huh? Rogar confirms it. <laughs> oh, man, that minus four on skill oh, checks fucking hurts. God. Four survival checks in our highest uh, highest one was Vipira with an eight. <laughs> Where's the... Uh, wow. Uh, oh, give, me, give me a Gando survival check here. Yeah. He he can natural one and be higher than all of us. Easily, maybe, check, maybe but... Yando elected to stay behind and watch your sex. <laughs> Bullshit, he did. <laughs> yeah, wait, where, where is Yando? He'd either be behind Rogyar, or if Rogyar insisted on being last, he'd be between Rogyar and uh, and uh, T Dog. T Dog, yeah. <laughs> or excuse me, T Bag. <laughs> no, Rogyar is definitely in the back. If something goes wrong, he's immediately flying back. All right. Let's see, I rolled an 11 on the die, so Yando got himself a uh, 23. So if you guys start being like, we've been wa- like, walking forever, a cellar, what's a cellar doing here? 
well, how long have we been walking? And uh, like, just kind of raises a, a hand. He says, by my estimate, probably about a half mile. Half mile? That would... That could put us outside of the cloud, I think. Maybe. There's no telling how thick that fog is. Could be the whole world for all we know, but... Oh my god, I hope not. I hope not, too. Well, uh, well, didn't that, didn't like that, that cultist say that the bastion of, of light was outside the fog? Yes, he, he did say I don't that. remember if he said it was outside the fog. I just remember he said that that's where they were staying. Uh, uh, if you look to the other, like, so you're, you're looking into the cellar. And there's really not much to see. There's a couple pieces of abandoned furniture. Uh, and then on the other, on the far side, you see a staircase leading up. Do we hear anything? Like... Give me perception checks. So yeah, Rugger got a natural one for a 10. Oh, Vipera got a 20. And Randolph got a 6, so thank you, Vipera. I think silent as the grave is a good descriptor. I don't like that cellar. descriptor. <laughs> <laughs> You don't hear anything. It's... Let's, uh... I, I guess Uchu, you said there were stairs? Yeah. I guess we're gonna go up them. We, we, we know what's behind, you know, back behind Yeah, and us, it's right? not yeah. a tenable situation, so we need to go <laughs> forward. Yeah. <laughs> so, forward we go. Uh, new map. Oh, no, not a new map. New map. Uh, so, this is a big map, and oh. you guys are about halfway down in the center left-ish. That's a big map. Uh, oh, man. I don't like that. No. Okay. Um, Jeez, Tom. You sound like you just killed your dog. Can't. Tom hates dungeon crawls. I hate dungeon crawls. <laughs> I, like, yeah. uh, with a burning passion. Hey, man. This book's been much lighter on the dungeon crawling versus book one so far. So. But that's all about to change. <laughs> that's, but that's behind us. Uh, all right. So, real quick, uh, if you look back, and if anybody, uh, if so, if you look back at the secret passage that you came from, between all like the, there's like a, a pretty thick layer of dust down here, and if you're looking, really looking at that passage, it looks very well hidden. You're pretty sure that if it was closed, it would be a monster perception check to see. So, yeah, seeing that, Rogar would definitely close that door back up, and I don't think we have any chalk or anything, but he'll, like, make a mark on the floor, just like a scuff mark on the floor near the door, just so we have, like, a reference point to where it is if we have to yeah. come back. Yeah, you. so you know where it is, so you can automatically find it, but I'll just tell you that otherwise it'd be a 35 perception check to find. Wow. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, I cannot hit that. So you guys start ascending the staircase, and it's uh, a wide spiral staircase, and it leads 15 feet up. It ends at a small door on a landing, and there's really nothing else to see. Detect magic? Uh, you're not picking up any magical auras. Uh, keep, yeah, keep I guess going. so. Nothing, nothing's changed. <laughs> I really hope this just like a bunch of oversized large rooms and just takes up the entire map it's just gonna be four or five rooms and that's it i feel like that would be worse oversized large rooms you say oh, fuck. oh. <laughs> careful what you wish oh for. my god dude what are you <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you open the door, and the ceiling in this wide chamber is supported by two rows of sturdy stone pillars and slopes downward from the south to the north. A sun depicted over the large stone double door to the south emits rays along the ceiling to a raised wooden dais at the north end of the chamber. It was like artificial sunlight. Many of the walls have been painted with murals made to resemble stained glass windows, but there's no actual windows, each depicting a different armored knight aiding the downtrodden and slaying foul undead in the service of Sarenrae. A few of these depictions have been grotesquely defaced with skulls painted over the figure's heads and terrifying creatures swooping down from above. Rows of broken wooden pews occupy the center of the chamber, with many heaped into a jumble in the middle of the chamber, creating a large, empty space. Simple wooden doors exit this room in every direction. This is a humongous room. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it the, is. Easily the biggest room I think we've had in a dungeon in this AP so far. You're not alone in this room. Uh, so you open the door, and you're, like, taken in this giant room. Uhtred, you recognize this room, and you immediately know that you are in the central cathedral in the Bastion of Light. Fucking Holy knew it. shit. In addition to yourselves, you see two Whispering Way cultists, uh, folks pretty uh, similar to those that you've fought in Roslar's coffer. In the very north... You see some sallow, uh, pasty-skinned woman in robes. And in the large open area in the southern third of the room, uh, closest to you, you see a hulking humanoid, uh, simian-like creature, towering at a height of ten feet. Its body is thick and hairless and strange tiny bat-like wings jut from its shoulder blades while its gangly claws swing down to its ankles. Uhtred, not only do you recognize this room, but you recognize this creature. Oh, fuck. And we're going to have a flashback. Oh. oh. The slamming of extremely heavy stone doors echoes through the enormous chamber. And as it does, we travel back in time, and the PCs vanish from the scene as do their opponents. The graffitied walls become clean once more, and we're in the cathedral of the Bastion of Light Temple from years earlier. The echo of the slammed stone door fades, and we pan over to see a bearded man scrambling with a barricade to secure them shut. Just behind him is a rather plump halfling doing his best to hold back a single elven woman sobbing with grief from reaching the barricaded door. The halfling has the elf in a tight embrace around her hips, straining against her distraught efforts. It's... it's too late. I'm sorry. She's gone. Finally, the elf abandons her efforts and falls to her knees, where the halfling can better comfort her. As she sobs into her hands, the bearded man remains standing in front of the barricaded door, his back to us. He shakes his head in fear, or maybe confusion. I had no idea it would be so strong. He suddenly straightens up and turns around. Uhtred! Uhtred, where are you? Where did you go? A young Uhtred steps forward out of the shadow of a stone pillar. Fear contorts his face. The bearded man lets out a breath of relief. <sighs> Good. He turns to his fellow pathfinders and puts a consoling hand on the elf's shoulder. I'm sorry. 
I should have been quicker, and it cost us dearly. The halfling looks up at the man. So what do we do now? The entire chamber shakes as the barricaded doors are battered with immense force. A muffled roar can be heard from just the other side. All three combatants take a step back from the door. The bearded man draws his magical glowing scimitar and looks back at his companions. Uhtred, stay out of sight. There's no more running. We need to face it here. Young Uhtred scampers into an adjacent room out of sight. The elf stands tall. She steps past the halfling, a twisted purple energy rippling from her hands. Let it in. After a moment's hesitation, the halfling looks at the human, who sends him an affirmative nod. The halfling holds a hand out, and the barricade is magically lifted out of its holsters. With a loud, clattering thud, the barricade falls to the stone floor, echoing off the chamber walls. And after a moment of strangled silence... And we're back in the present. Anybody who wishes to can give me a Knowledge Arcana check on this creature in the southern end of the room and a knowledge religion check on the uh, the pale-skinned figure in the north end of the room. Okay, let's hear uh, knowledge arcana checks. Uchid got a 14. Viper got an 11. And Randolph got a 14. Okay. Uh, nobody rolled high enough to uh, recognize the, uh, the simian-like creature, though Uhtred there's no mistaking it. This is the Red Reaver that you remember facing Let's... off against in your youth. It's the exact one? It does appear to be a zombified version. Oh. oh back for good. seconds. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's really not good. Uh, and, let's and hear knowledge. What? I was going to say, and the worst part is, this is the, this is the, the Red Reaver that, like, is the nexus of Uhtred's backstory, and this is the first thing we're coming across in here, which means it's not the <laughs> toughest thing in here. Yeah. Matt, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear knowledge religion checks. 13. 2. 1. 16. Okay. Randolph and Uhtred recognize the figure in the north as a white uh, the flesh of this walking corpse is rotting and putrid, its body skeletal in places, and its eye sockets glowing with red light. Whites are humanoids who rise as undead due to necromancy, a violent death, or an extremely malevolent personality. In some cases, a white arises when, when an evil undead spirit permanently bonds with a corpse, often the corpse of a slain warrior. Uh, so you can each ask me one question about a white. You know I gotta play the HP game, dog. Okay. I'm going to say a hundred. Lower. Yes. <laughs> He's one shot roadyard range. <laughs> I would like to know if she has any DR. You know that whites do not have any DR. Oh. So uh, I'm going to give all of you a surprise round because you came out of this this door nobody uh, was really aware that you were there uh, but otherwise let's roll initiative can I elect not to roll initiative in place of just choosing to go last 
sure. Oh, some interesting tactics. <laughs> yeah, the the tactic is Uhtred's paralyzed with oh, fear. Even more interesting. <laughs> okay, let's hear initiatives. Uhtred, you're effectively initiative zero. Rogar? 25. Holy shit. Vipira? Uh, 14. And Randolph? That's going to be a 12 for me. Before we get started here, too, judging by the description, this seems like a pretty tall room. Oh, yeah, it's very tall. Uh, give me one second. I'll let you know. Rogar <laughs> <laughs> up in the sky. Yeah. Fucking right. <laughs> yeah, why the fuck, though, would the Bastion of the Light have a secret passage to Rossler's tomb? And how did Uhtred never come across it before? Because Uhtred's never had a way to hit a 35 perception. And Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. You're still <laughs> and, and how much time was he spending in the basement of, <laughs> of the Bastion? Well, so, like, he would spend a fair fair amount of evenings throughout the week just kind of, like, coming. And I don't want to say like, kind of praying. I mean, just... Atoning? Being... Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess praying. Um... So the southern half of the room uh, is 40 feet high. Uh, it slopes downward to a height of 20 feet above the altar. Okay. Rogyar, it is your turn. What you gonna do? Uh, Rogyar's gonna delay until someone a bit meatier goes into that room. It's turn, and uh, he, and he's a survivalist, but everybody's just kind of standing there gawking. and Like, you would all... Like anybody who doesn't have direct line of sight to what's out there would still hear like Uhtred would see these t- the the like the two cultists like turn and be like hey hey who who's that opening that door and you would you would all hear this uh, this very loud roar Uhtred knowing that this is uh, the the Reavers roar uh, as this thing spots you and it uh, is acting aggressive. I think Yando is going to... It's a surprise round. Yando's pretty confident in his initiative. So he's going to move out. He's going to he's gonna move up, and he's going to move out into the main cathedral, and he's going to make for a pillar attempting to get cover. Next up is Vipira, who is invisible. Vipira is going to make her move right over to here she moves out into the uh into the cathedral and moves 20 paces to the right um to the east just kind of sticking along that wall yeah okay next up is randolph randolph's just gonna take a a free action to acknowledge his uh phantom and uh you know by the looks of this room it looks pretty deadly so he's just gonna say uh hey you know if we die here it's been great fighting with you. I, I know you're me, and, well, it's been great fighting with us, so one more time, what do you say? And I reach out my hand to myself, and then uh, we both share a handshake. to you. <laughs> yeah, a nod. And then uh, I'm going to cast Mage Armor and yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy, move it. up here with Dirty T. Uh, t- early, you can only do, it's a surprise round. You only have one action. Oh, damn it. Yeah, you can do a standard action or a move action. Are you putting it on Randolph or are you putting it on Thalias? So I'm going to put it on Thalias so that we're both big and tough. All right. 
Uh, so Randolph uses his standard action of the surprise round to cast Mage Armor on uh, Teabag. And uh, mm-hmm. what does uh, what does Teabag do with his standard or move action? Oh, he'll use his move action to go up and uh, hide behind that pillar with uh, our other friend. All right. Um, I'll, go, I'll go before Uhtred here. Okay. Rugger is going to mostly fly up to just get behind uh, Randolph. Like Randolph and Uhtred are still in this doorway looking out into the big room. So Rugger is just going to fly up behind them where he can actually get a better look into the room and see the situation as it's happening. And uh, yeah, he's going to like put a hand on, on Uhtred's shoulder and just be like, is... Are, are we where I think we are, son? Uhtred, it is your turn in the surprise round. So, hearing the actual roar, the flashback that you just read is what Uhtred's six seconds of this round is right now. Mm-hmm. So do you even register He's... that Rogyar has nope. spoken to you? No. Like, it, it's an intense flashback. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Straight being transported back to that. Just that roar was such a trigger effect for Uhtred. Like, that's why I elected not to take an initiative. Like, because yeah. that's how out he is right now. Give yourself a hero point. Nice. Okay, so that ends the surprise round. Let's start the combat proper with Rogyar. Okay. Rogyar will, uh, he's going to fly out and up to the point where he is going to be like 15 feet above Phantom Thalias against that pillar and he is going to uh, shoot an air blast at the zombie Red Reaver. Alright. Give it to me. It's a 10 to hit. Flat footed. Yeah, it's flat footed but (laughs) I'm assuming it has some form of natural armor. I don't know. Zombies... A 10 versus its flat-footed AC is going to miss. Yeah. Uh, wait. No, it's going to hit. Oh, oh, really? Let's go! <laughs> Don't doubt me, Matt! Don't doubt me! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, yeah, that's, uh, so that's 26 damage. Okay. Uh, the thing uh, recoils at the air blast and sends a retaliatory roar up at Rogyar. Uh, up next is Yando who's going to take a move action to share his favorite enemy bonuses with everybody. And so that, as far as I can tell, that's just all favorite enemies that he has. You gain half of whatever applies. So versus undead, and that includes the Red Reaver and the White. Everybody's going to get a plus two on attack rolls and damage rolls. And versus humans... You're uh, which are the cultists. You're all going to get a plus one on attack rolls and damage rolls. Yeah, Pretty that's nice. really nice. Yeah. Yep. And then he's going to take a five foot step. You know, for first he's going to do a vital strike and uh, uh, target the the red reaver or the uh, the gray reaver as it has been dubbed in this combat. <laughs> well, if a ten hits this thing's flat footed AC, let's see about a. 23. That's gonna hit. Forgot to deadly aim, but oh well. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, this thing seems to have some sort of DR, and both Rogyar's and Yando's attacks uh, got some damage uh, deducted. 
but it and uh, Rogiar after um, Yando after taking his vital strike is going to five foot step west. So he's got slightly better cover against this thing if it if and when it charges. And it is now Viper's turn. Oh damn! Do I just let it rip, or do I want to lure it in? Um, I'm gonna hold my uh, I'm gonna hold my turn. Okay. Uh, it's the White's turn, and she's going to move 30 feet south uh, towards you all, and she's going to uh, Rogyar and Yando have actually got really good cover against any ranged attacks from her, so she's going to target Thalias with some magic what? missiles. Why doesn't Thalias have good cover? I should mention, just for the sake of fairness, Rogyar is in the same like five foot space as Thalias. He's just like tw- 15 feet above him. Oh, okay. I thought you were in like I thought you were like a full five feet uh, west of him. No, I just put but, him there yeah, so I'm not if, overlapping him. Okay, yeah. If Rogar's in the same uh, lateral space as Thalias, uh, White's definitely going to recognize Rogar as the bigger threat so far. So, yeah, Rogar is going to get targeted with some magic missiles. All right, now that's bullshit. A bigger threat than a <laughs> pile of ectoplasm? Are you kidding me? The man's got a shovel for fuck's Does sake. Does she not have eyes? Three magical missiles uh, careen out of her outstretched hand, and Rogyar takes nine points of damage. Okay. Up next is Randolph. All right. Time to execute our plan here. I'm going to come rushing in to these guys, and uh, I'm even going to go right past them, and I'm going to charge this thing. Well, you can't charge it because you had to go around things. You didn't have a straight line. Ah, damn. Okay, well, I'll run up to it. And when I run up to it, Thalias takes that as a, his time to run up to it as well. We're going to get okay. into a nice flanking position. And if I'm counting my squares, 5, 10, 15. I don't think can I can get right here. And attack? No. Th- yeah. Thalias can reach that square. But I think Randolph had another 5 feet if you wanted to wind up flanking him uh, left and right. Okay. And he hasn't gone yet, so he doesn't get a tax of opportunity from you guys doing those maneuvers. Excellent. And Thalias still has a standard action. Yes. All right. This is all coming up. So Thalias is going to unload shovel on this guy. So that's actually pretty good. It's a 16 to hit. 16 will hit its flat-footed AC. Hell yeah, brother. Eight damage. Uh, Yendo gives you the plus one to damage as well. Oh, nine damage. I'm a friggin' magic missile. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Steady as she goes, baby. Okay, good turn, Randolph. It is now the cultist's turn. Let's see here. I think the red cultist is going to take a swing at Randolph. That's going to be a 19 to hit. Rutro. I thought I was way tougher. (laughs) (laughs) So a 19 is going to hit. Yeah. You're going to take eight points of damage from the dagger. And then he's going to try to tumble. He's going to try to acrobatics away from this flanking position. Okay. And because he's being an acrobat, I don't get to hit him on his way out. As long as his acrobatics check exceeds your CMD, he will not provoke, but he will move half speed. That's going to be a 23 versus yours and Thalias' CMDs. Fucking hell. All right, mine's 22. What's Thalias's? Probably less. 20. Dang this slippery little man. Okay, so as a move action, that's unfortunately as far as he can go because he's at half speed. 
Uh, so he, he's going to move uh, south southeast, and he's going to be like, hugging the south side of, uh, of one of the western pillars. And the other cultist is going to run like almost the full width of the room as a double move and not really close with anybody but he's now uh he's now up next to his fellow cultist and up next is the gray reaver he he considers rogiar a threat zombies are naturally staggered and when you finally see this thing start to move uh you will see that it appears that that it is indeed staggered but he's still capable of making a half charge which means he can move up to his full speed and make an attack roll as a standard action so yeah he's gonna charge at rogyar and reach up with a slam it's just a funny thought of like this massive beast like standing on his tiptoes trying to like slam dunk uh rogyar yeah. It's like King it's Kong super, in the uh, Empire State Super Builder. funny. <laughs> super funny watching uh, 30 to hit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that definitely fucking hits. Oh, jeez. And uh, so Rogar takes a hilarious 19 points of damage. <laughs> Damn it. From, from this thing's, like, it's super muscular arm just, like, make this giant arc through the air. And it just, boom. Like, probably, like pins Rogyar against the pillar momentarily before it has to, like, punch back down after extending itself upwards. Yeah, Rogyar just got swatted. Up next is Uhtred. Uh, actually, I'm gonna take my, uh, I'm gonna take my course. Okay. Viper is gonna charge, and she is going to slam slam. Oh, hot. Or, not slam slam, but one claw. One claw. <laughs> That Not will. two slams. I mean, one claw. <laughs> A, an easy mistake. You know. All right. Here we go. 28 to hit. 28 will beat its flat-footed AC minus two. 22 damage. And then... Of the slashing variety. Of the slashing variety. And uh, Vipira, you would feel all 22 points of that damage go through. Yes. So satisfying. And then take a, I feel like a minus, uh, I'm going to say a minus two to attack. Okay. Uh, and it is now Uhtred's turn. Uhtred kind of coming back out of the flashback is going to reach around and pull out a scroll. Okay. And that's going to be a scroll of shield. And he's gonna cast like he's he's gonna cast the scroll on himself, and kind of just saying over and over to himself, "Be the man they believed you to be." Just kind of like repeating that as he retrieves the scroll and casts it. And I think that's my whole turn, right? Yeah. Move action to retrieve it, a standard to cast mm-hmm. it. You're free to take a five foot step if you want to, but yeah, that's your whole turn, pretty much. No, because I want to charge next turn. Okay. Okay. Uh. Let's see if there's anything left for you next turn, because uh, it is Rogyar's turn. Well, Rogyar is going to float up another five feet. You can fly five feet upwards, but since it is, you're going up, uh, I don't think you can do that as a five-foot step equivalent action. Can I do the diagonal then? 
I think either up or diagonal. You can rise at half speed at an angle of 45 degrees. You can make a fly check to fly up at a greater angle than 45 degrees, but I think that is still halved. If you want to just do a five foot step equivalent action, it's gotta either be a lateral movement or ascending in some fashion. All right, then Rogar is just gonna five foot float to the west just to get out of reach of this thing and to give himself cover from where the, that white currently is. Mm-hmm. And he's going to spend his whole turn gathering power. His whole turn? Full round action. Oh, he's going Full super round Saiyan. action, gather power. Nice. My Can you give us your God. best... <laughs> uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but like, Rogar is just like, he's floating up there and you would just see like almost like a blizzard, a little mini blizzard forming around him as there is just like little bits of of ice and just wind swirling around him as he concentrates oh, awesome. and gathers power. I am going to need Rogyari fly check from you to hover because you ended your turn in the air, but you moved less than half of your fly speed. So that counts as hovering. Yeah, it's uh, a 14. So okay. the fly check only had a DC of 10, so Rogue Yara would have succeeded. So he's still 20 feet up in the air. Okay. Up next is Yando, and Yando is going to uh, take a five-foot step southeast, excuse me, southwest, and he's going to full attack on the Gray Reaver. Uh, he's going to uh, use deadly aim this time. That's going to hit, and that's going to hit. Okay, two good shots from Yando, but this thing still seems like it's pretty pissed off, and it is now the white's turn, and the white is going to uh, move a little farther south, and then she's going to kind of like wade into the western pile of broken pews, and just from watching her move, it is clear that that is difficult terrain. Uh, she seems like she's trying to put herself in a position that, uh, like, she can't be, uh, like, charged on or anything like that. And uh, she's then going to uh, send some magic missiles at Vipira this time. Fucking bitch. <laughs> God. Vipira, you're going to take 13 points of what damage. What the fuck? Oh, it's just magic missiles. Don't worry about it. Missiles. <laughs> and it's now Randolph's turn. All right. So, Randolph is going to do some serious business here. He is going to cast Invisibility. Ooh, okay. And he's going to have Elias take a five-foot step forward and full attack uh, the one we were just flanking that ran away from us like a little you-know-what. Okay. And Elias is going to move... Oh, he can only move five feet, right? No, he's got a full move action. So you can move Even 30 with feet. casting invisibility as a standard action? Yeah. It yeah. means you still you have still a full have move a... action. Oh, full move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. Perfect. So 10, 15, 20. That's, at, that's 20 feet where you are now. Okay. And this is where I want to be because next turn I'm going to pop out. Surprise, motherfuckers. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay. Start slicing them up. All right. So let's uh, let's see Thelias's, uh attack. 
Full attack, baby. Okay. Full attack. Okay. Uh, 13? 13 won't hit. Yeah, but wait for the next one. 18. 18 will hit. Yes. Six damage, baby. Ecto shovel. Engage. And it is now the cultist's turn. Okay, so they're both gonna go try to flank Yando. The red cultist is not going to make a full withdraw or acrobatics uh, because it thinks uh, he's pretty confident that he can avoid an attack of opportunity from Thalias, but neither of them knows that Randolph is right there. So Randolph, you can make an attack of opportunity against either of them, and Thalias gets an attack of opportunity against red. Now, if I make an attack of opportunity, I pop out of invisibility, assuming I hit them. You break invisibility regardless, but whoever you attack, whoever you attack, you're targeting their flat-footed AC minus two. Uh, No, I'm going to wait for the money shot. All right. So Thalias gets an attack of opportunity on red. Excellent. That's a 21 to hit. 21 will hit. 11 damage. You shouldn't have done that. He's just a boy. <laughs> the red cultist takes a pretty good Kong to the face, but he still is able to finish his uh, his movement. And then uh, blue takes his move, and uh, Yando's flanked, and they each have a standard action against him. So they're both going to try to stab him with their daggers. So Yando's about to take some damage. Wow. Okay, so uh, these two cultists just did a combined 32 points of damage on Yando. Oh, shit. Yeah, Yando Yando didn't like that. And it is now the Grey Reaver's turn, who is going to uh, turn around and uh, hit Vipira with a slam. Come on, you fucking bastard. It roars in response and... After the minus two penalty, that's a 30 to hit. And then, oh God, I'm at a 25 AC. Ugh. Wow. So, yeah, it hits. That's yeah. pretty good. That is pretty good, but unfortunately, yeah, yeah it's uh, still going to hit. I like that. Viper takes 21 points of damage. Oh, please, no. From this thing <laughs> slam. Oh, no. Yeah, this thing is just fucking Gray Hulk just gray slamming Hulk. into shit. Vipira, you're up. Vipira's gonna, uh, I guess, claw claw. Okay. All right. Uh, 22 to hit. 22 hits. Uh, for 10 damage. Okay. And then a 27 to hit for my second claw. 27 hits. For 10 damage. Okay. You really, you gave that right back yeah, to yeah. me. Yeah, that's a you solid. guy up pretty good. That's a solid, like, 21 damage right there. Yeah, it would have yep. been nice to do that over the course of, you know, one attack, but I'll take the... Right. But still, like, for not having a flank buddy, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel uh, you. Uhtred, you're up. Okay. I am going to cast a chill touch spell, and then I am going to charge the uh, Dread Reaver. Okay. And try and deliver that chill touch with my scimitar. As Uhtred's, like, charging, too, he's gonna yell out, They died to kill you. Dead you will stay. Sick. And that's in my crit range. It's a 23. Okay. You you crit on a natural 16? 
Are you threat threatening? Yeah, because I I yeah keened, keened my scimitar. All right, cool. Yeah, roll to confirm. Come on. Ooh. Uh oh. It's a natural one wow. on the confirmation. You can spend a hero point to re-roll a confirmation roll if you want. Do it. Yes. Yeah. 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 You kind of feel like you have to. So yeah, it looks like 18. 18 will confirm the crit. Yes. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Take a hero point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. shit. All right. So, so you got the slashing and magic options. The slashing is called severed hand normal damage and the target loses a hand and takes 1d3 con and strength drain which can be negated by a fortitude save damn oh uh, the magic is called combustion which is double damage and if it's a fire spell the target catches fire taking 2d6 fire damage per round until extinguished so <laughs> but it's not a fire spell so you're either doing double damage with that right. or normal damage and making it lose a hand I do have an affinity for taking people's hands again. You really do. <laughs> You're the master of it. I, I think I might have to do that. Take his hand. Um, I also. All right. So yeah, let's go with the slashing. Okay. An undead creature takes no damage, but it must make a will save or flee as if panicked. Yes, that's what it is. For one d4 rounds plus one round per caster. Huh. All right. Tell me about damage. Oh, damage was six damage, slashing damage. Okay. And I get his hand. (laughs) So Uhtred removes the Grey Reaver's hand. We're going to say his his right hand, since he's facing Vipira and just slammed her into the floor. So now he's got to make a will save. Is that correct? Yep. If he fails that, he's going to be panicked for a while. I'm not going to make the will save because Uhtred, with six points of damage, you fucking destroyed the Grey Reaver. No way. (laughs) Yes. Everyone knows their vital spots in their face. So it is now Rogyar's turn, who is uh, just fucking full of energy right now uh, and was probably (laughs) expecting that energy to get funneled into the Grey Reaver, but... There's still plenty of enemies. Yep. So Rogar is going to five foot float to the north. He's going to take his move action to gather energy even further. So this is now mitigating three points of burn on this. And he's going to unleash his composite (laughs) blast empowered on the white with the uh, with the extended range (laughs) infusion because he can get that for for free with his abilities. Oh oh, y'all God. thought I was joking about the one shot. <laughs> no joke. It's happening. You just had the wrong target. Yeah. So it says the jumble of pews is difficult terrain, although anyone in the jumble has cover from attacks. I'll, I'll say that Rogyar being 20 feet in the air, that would, that would mitigate that, that cover. So go ahead and make your attack roll with no penalties. All right. So that is a 20 to hit. A 20 will hit. Oh, yes. Yes. oh, so satisfying. Oh, okay. So with the empower, oh, God, that's what, plus 22. That's 67 damage. And that is uh, half slashing and half cold damage, I think. Yeah, half, half, oh, half piercing and half cold. Sorry. It's not dead. Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, she did seem to absorb a tiny bit of that cold damage, but yeah, she she reels at the amount of damage that she just took. Uh, and I just I have to imagine like the whole area around her is just kind of like rimmed in frost now. Oh yeah, and like just little scraps of wood just like flew in all directions. Yeah, little bit away little from her. Bits of ice embedded in things around her. Yeah. And she screams, I don't know where you came from, but I'm going to send you back. By which, of course, I mean I'm going to kill you. It's Yando's turn. Uh, he might have had a quip for her, but he's got uh, bigger problems right now. <laughs> he is going to uh, make a full withdrawal, but he's going to move uh, northwest for his first five feet of movement. And then he's going to move north after that. So that'll provoke from red. But red won't be flanking for that. And a 16 will not hit Yando. Yando's going to end his turn next to uh, a pillar about 60 feet north. Just about from where he started. He runs, runs uh, right by the healer. cover. I am invisible, so I can't... Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't know where Randolph is, uh, but he's got cover from attacks from the white, and he is a very comfortable distance away from the cultists. And it is now the white's turn. The white is going to move five feet southwest, uh, remaining in the uh, the difficult terrain that is the broken pews, and then she's going to cast a spell at Rogyar. She unleashes a powerful scream in Rogiar's direction, and everybody, everybody else just sees her step forward and just ah, like this scream of rage. Uh, but Rogiar, you hear that scream slightly more magnified, and I need a fortitude save. Okay, uh, it's a twenty-three fortitude, and not sure if this makes a difference or not. But Rogiar is forty feet away from her. Factoring in the height difference. I forgot about the height. All right. She's just going to fucking magic missile. Fuck you, Rogue. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Love to see it. I'm, I'm, I'm literally sitting here with my phone doing a little Pythagorean theorem here trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Who says geometry is not useful after high school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. All right. So Rogue is going to take 13 points of magic missile damage. Okay. Ow. Yep, Rogar's hurting. Uh, it is now Randolph's turn. Alrighty, Roo. So, the two people who I was gonna sneak up and attack ran away yet again. So, uh, I'm gonna follow them and uh, save my buddy who is running away from them. Yeah, so me and Thalias, he's ten feet behind me, are gonna move up. Thalias will charge red, and Randolph will charge... Well, he can't charge blue, right? Yeah, he'll no. just move up to blue. And then uh, it's almost perfect that they're 10 feet away and they've each got their own target. And they're going <laughs> to they're gonna fight Thalias with the 13. And then the real money, the 21 from Randolph. 21 versus the cultist's flat-footed AC minus 2 will hit. 12 damage, baby. Okay. So Randolph uh, reappears mid-swing. And takes a nice scythe slice 
a nice scythe slice out of <laughs> the blue cultist. He hits him with a tongue twister. That'll teach him. <laughs> the cultist's mind reels at this, the, the combination of syllables. Okay, uh, it's now the cultist's turn. And uh, it's they perfect. might have their I wonder back. who they'll fight. Yeah, well, they might have their backs against the wall, but uh, they see uh, they see another flank opportunity, and uh, they're gonna each five foot step northeast and uh, get in a flank uh, position onto Randolph. Oh, they're and tricky. They're very tricky. I, I don't like these two. All right, uh, so here's Blue's uh, full attack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's gonna be a twenty-two to hit. God damn it. Yeah, 22 hits. And then a 13 to hit. Okay, Randolph takes 15 points of damage. From but Blues. I only did 11. And uh, now it's Red's turn, and that's going to be a 12 to hit. Nope. And that was almost a natural 20, uh, but it was only an 11 to hit. Uh, nope. Not as bad as it could have been. Uh, it is now Vipira's turn. is gonna go invisible. Okay. And then she is going to move here. Uh, so I am currently 10 feet away from uh, the white. Okay, so Vipira moves 30 feet north. Yep. Uh, Uhtred, you're up. All right. Well, You've just uh, slain the Grey Reaver. That's some. Uh, that's a pretty cathartic turn for, for you, I bet. Yeah, but unfortunately, there's still these cultists defiling this bastion of light. That's true. And this cultist was dumb enough to just walk up right into my range. And so, walk right. right into a flanking he's, position. Yeah. He's uh, he's going to get some scimitar to the dome. Yes. All right. It's a 14 unless I get any other adders. Uh, the plus one and, for the favorite enemy, I think. Yep. So, so 15. And uh, I'll be doing this with combat expertise. Okay. Uh, 15 will not hit the cultist. Swing and a miss. Uh, Rogiar, you're up. Okay, Rogiar is going to uh, five foot float to the north, and he's going to take another shot at the white with an air blast this time. And All right. yeah, he'll gather power to empower this. I'm feeling I'm going to steal th- Viper's thunder, but I don't know where she went. She went visible. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to keep shooting at my target. Uh, doesn't doesn't uh-huh. 18 hit? 18 does not hit. Yeah. Ooh, somebody somebody counted his chickens. <laughs> yeah, look at Matt just assuming he was going to kill because he was attacking somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, yeah, that's my turn. Okay. Up next is Yando. And uh, Yando sees what a threat these, these cultists are when they're working in tandem. So he's going to five-foot step. Actually, I don't think he needs to because... Rogiar is up in the air. So he's just going to full attack. He's going to target red. Okay, that's going to be a 21 to hit, which hits. Oh, and with that shot, he kills the red cultist. Good boy, Yando. And he's going to five foot... Now he's going to five foot step to the west, so he's got a better angle on the second cultist. He's going to open fire on him. Close, but no. Okay, up next is the white. And, uh... She's content to uh, continue pelting Rogiar with magic missiles. Of course she is. That's nine points of damage. Ow. Uh, Randolph. All right. Um, now that they were 
nice enough to get in a flank position. Uh, I'm gonna have Thelias move up, and we're I'll full attack, and Thelias will just uh, give him a slam job. If you uh, you could five foot step north east, and that benefit you'd benefit from outflank with Thelias, and still oh, be yeah, full call. attack. But either yeah, way, of course, um, that's what I was gonna do. The last, the last five feet of Thelias's movement is going to provoke, so the cultist is gonna take a, a swing at Thelias. Yeah, whatever, dude. He's huge. I'm huge. Okay, that's going to be a 19 to hit. Nope. Goes right. right through his ectoplasm. Nice. And uh, so Randolph with a 20 to hit. 20 hits. For 12 damage. All right. And there's a lot of green on this board. Elias uh, swings with a 20 for 10 damage. The second cultist is killed. Yes. Nice. Nice. As the second cultist uh, falls down and uh, Thelias and Randolph look at each other, they know they've done the right thing here. Hell yeah. Vipira, you're up. Uh, Vipira is going to take a five-foot step up. and uh, I don't know if you can five-foot step. She has I, the I ballerina the slippers. I, you've had those for how long? Every time. And I never remember. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so Vipira is going to claw, claw. 14 to hit. 14. Actually, you versus... know what? You know what? Uh, I'm going to add a plus. I'm going to add uh, my plus four. Um, Hero point for that? Yep. 18. Nice. All right, 18 versus the White's flat-footed AC minus two will hit. Nice. And that is going to be 17 uh, damage. One more All claw. Right. Take her down. She's still up. And then a... I think. Yeah, still up. 26 to hit for nine damage. 20, 26 will hit. Nine damage. Oh, 11 damage. 11 damage. She's still up. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> what she the fuck? Lo- she looks uh, severely clawed. Um, that, yeah, that 100 that Joe guessed must have been really freaking close. <laughs> 95. <laughs> uh, I am going to do a minus 2 to AC. All right. It is now Uhtred's turn. Hmm. Pretty far away. She might be a good acid splash away from death. If you kill her with a fucking acid splash. <laughs> After she takes a fucking composite blast from me and a full round from Vipira. I I don't think I could, like... Step back, boys. <laughs> a lot of professional in. Go, go, acid splash. Oh, that's uh, 18. Am I getting any... Uh, you're getting plus two from favorite enemy, but I think that's toggled on. Well, uh, that's that's toggled. But then the minus four for into melee, and then she has cover, and, and then a minus two to AC. So that's a fourteen, and but she has cover, so I think that's ten versus her touch AC. It's minus against two. touch. That's gonna hit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was it one yeah. D three? <laughs> this does it. Come on, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Two. She's still up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. But she, uh, yeah, she, she like half staggers, like knees wobble. 
just holding on by a thread. <laughs> Rogiar. All right, Rogiar. Power. <laughs> Rogiar is going twice. to fly to the point where he's almost directly overhead and just launch a cold blast right down on her. And that's probably a good thing. That's a 14 versus her touch AC. 14 hits. All right, and that is 22 cold damage. And you kill the white. Oh, my God. And that ends the combat. Oh, wow. Ow. Yeah. And combat is over. We're going to have ourselves one more flashback. Rain pitter-patters on the leather roof of a well-lit tent. We see a close-up of a woman, beautiful as she is stern. She looks down at a dossier with unmoving eyes and seems to be deep in thought. She peers up at us and draws a breath to speak, but retreats back down to the papers in her lap with a defeated sigh. The rainfall fills the silence as we slowly pull away from her close-up. After another minute of staring blankly at her papers, she speaks without looking up. I'm sorry. She looks up at us again, and we see a glimmer of pity hidden in her practiced look of militant professionalism. I should never have sent you on such a dangerous mission, no matter how competent I thought your companions were. You were not ready for that kind of action, and that is a failure on my part, not yours. We change perspective and see the one being addressed. Sitting opposite this woman is young Uhtred, body stiff and eyes struggling to focus. He does not respond, but remains sitting, trembling slightly. The woman holds out her hand, palm up. Is that the sword? Uhtred's face suddenly snaps too, and he lifts his arm up, revealing a magical scimitar. He looks at it as if he hadn't even realized he was holding it. He nods cautiously while still staring at it in disbelief. May I? Uhtred snaps his head up at her worry swimming in his eyes. She sends him a comforting smile, both warm and sad. It's okay, Uhtred. You're safe now. Slowly, Uhtred extends a shaky arm out to her and relinquishes the scimitar. As his hand pulls away, his fingers appear stiff and cramped, as if he hadn't released his grip on the hilt in quite some time. The rain fills more silence as she examines the sword with a practiced eye. When she finishes her inspection, she places the sword on the table between them. This is the sword that killed the Red Reaver of the Bastion of Light. Its former owner died trying to accomplish that task, as did his entire team. But you emerge from that temple holding this sword. It belongs to you now. Uhtred, you've already been through so much, and all at my own failing, so I won't tell you what you should do next, but I want you to know that everyone sees you as a true hero. We change perspective again and are now on a close-up of young Uhtred, whose face is hauntingly worldly. They've already given you your own title back in town. They're calling you the Keeper of the Light. And then we're back in the cathedral. So, so that's where it came from, huh? I have a question for you, uh, Nick, like, on Uhtred. Like, would this add more weight to Uhtred, or lessen it because you've actually now lived up to defeating the red reaver you physically actually um, like took it down well i i think this would is gonna go a long way to helping lessen the pressure but i don't think it's total resolve because that wasn't a red reaver that we fought we basically fought a shell of a red reaver 
I, if anything, I think uh, I think it proves to Uchard that he's worthy of that title, but not fully resolved of you know carrying that title and dishonesty for so many years. Like, pe- like it's cool that Uchard actually just killed this thing, but at the same token, like he's famous for killing a Red Reaver, like. He'll never truly be okay with this title unless he ever eventually kills a Red Reaver. Got it. So, what do you guys do now? Uh, you're you're in the Bastion of Light. There's the door that you came from in the uh, the the southwest, but not the southwest corner because there's another door there. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight exits from this room. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Just do a ring around this room. Yeah, we're looting bodies first. Totally. And, well, um, while he does that, Rogar's gonna patch himself up with some kinetic healing here. And is it fair to assume that, like, Uhtred knows where every one of those doors leads to? Probably not all of them. Yeah, Rogar, can you uh, blast me with uh, some of that healing juice? So, yeah, Rogar heals himself for 23 while taking a burn. Vipira takes seven non-lethal damage and heals for 24. Oh. Uh, okay, so real quick, let's go over loot. Uh, let's start with each of the uh, the cultists. I'll take a potion of invisibility, please. Yep, yep. Uh, they each have uh, two oils of magic weapon. They each have two potions of invisibility, and they each have one potion of spider climb. So that's four oils, four invisibilities, and two spider climbs. They also each have a plus one dagger. They have four masterwork daggers, and they have masterwork studded leather armor. Uhtred, you're getting three magical auras off of yeah, buddy. the white. Okay, so you want three spellcrafts? Yep, there's a magical brooch, there's a magical potion, and magical goggles. All right, if anyone else has spellcraft, now's the time to fire it up. I'm on it. 18, 17, 11. And uh, I always save the best for last, so the 11 will go on the goggles. So we'll use the 22, the 19, and the 18. And Les Viper appraises her way in the shots. Here we go. Uh, 28, 31, and a 28. And So functionally, that's an 18, a 21, and an 18. Wow. Okay. All right. Good rolls, Tom. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Damn. Very good. All right, I'm I'm just gonna give all three of them to you. Uh, <laughs> so the brooch is a brooch of shielding. It is a. Don't I have one of those? I think so. A piece of uh, jewelry used to fasten a cloak or cape. In addition to this mundane task, it can absorb magic missiles of the sort generated by the <laughs> spell or spell-like ability. Uh, a brooch can absorb up to 101 points of damage from magic missiles before it melts and becomes useless. No friggin' way. Uh, can I call dibs on that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, definitely. I, yeah. Right. The magical potion is a potion of inflict serious wounds likely used to heal an undead creature who drinks it. And you identify the goggles as Death Watch Eyes. The wearer gains the constant effects of the Death Watch spell. Uh, The Death Watch spell uh, says uh, 
You determine the condition of creatures near death within the spell's range. You instantly know whether each creature within the area is dead, fragile, which means alive and wounded with three or fewer hit points left, fighting off death, alive with four or more hit points, healthy, undead, or neither alive nor dead, such as a construct. Death Watch sees through any spell or ability that allows a creature to feign death. Dang, that's cool. Yeah, it's basically a magic item that lets you almost see the HP level of whatever you're fighting. And also, it's an instant undead identifier. Yeah. So, Uhtred, you've been to the Bastion of Light several times, but most of your time has been spent in the cathedral. You know that it's a full... It it, it functions as, like, a home uh, for... uh, for Serenite. the light, we know. <laughs> it functions as a home for, like, Serenite clerics and paladins. Um, so, like, there's a lot more to it than just the cathedral. Uh, but you do know that uh, the exit is through the double doors in the uh, south middle of the room. And you know that you can go through any four of the northern doors, and that leads you through a series of... There's like a whole jumble of rooms, kind of, on the north end of this uh, building. Going through any four of those rooms and then traversing through several other rooms will take you to stairs that lead to the second floor of the Bastion of Light. Um, That still leaves the, the basement doors that you have never really used before until today. And then there's the southeast and southwest doors... And you're not really sure what's back in those directions. Uh, you always assumed like administrative slash bureaucratic purposes for the the church. And and this um, bastion is the one that they event they abandoned, right? Correct. When so it it has it has that capability, but it wasn't being used for that purpose. Yes, you know that. Only very recently have efforts been made by Serenite clerics and paladins from farther up in Vigil to start to reopen the Bastion of Light and uh, get it operating again. So what do you guys do? And that cultist that we interrogated said that the vampire who was like in charge of whatever they were doing... Mm-hmm. Had like set up headquarters in the bastion, right? He he didn't say the bastion of the light, but he said like a temple outside of town. Yeah, and being a local, like it's very right. easy uh, process of elimination. You know that he's talking about this place, and right. immediately fighting a bunch of uh, whispering yeah. way cultists when you got in here would confirm any uh, doubt that you had, or uh, wave any doubt so, that you had. So. Like, I don't know this as the player, but Utrid should know this. Like, if you were commanding an operation, you would have, like, your your main office. He he probably knows where it would be a good place to, like, right? Is it on the second level or is the the war room going to be on the bottom level? You know that... Because um, that's where he would head. You know that, like, sleeping quarters and, like, like training facilities are located upstairs... So, you know, if there's any, like, long-term occupation of this building, uh, upstairs would probably be the uh, preferred area to hold up in. Oh, 
I guess uh, if there's nothing else in this room, head there. Yeah. Well, there's four doors on the northern half of this uh, temple that you know eventually lead you to uh, the stairs. So, which ones? Which one do you take? Or do you guys split up? Cover, cover more ground that way. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and point out that uh, I know Yendo is pretty hurt. Uh, Rogyar is still missing quite a chunk of health. Yeah, Randolph's uh, halfway dead. Huh. Uchard's not missing any health. Yeah, Yando's, he, he's like wincing at his uh, his stab wounds. Uh, if anyone's got anything for for stab wounds, uh, I'll be first in line for that. Yes, yes, I'll, I'll gather around, gather around. Shoot, I already spent and you used on. Hmm, okay. Well, let's see. I could probably do... Yes, yes, that's it. And I reach my hand out to Yendo, and I cast Cure Moderate Wounds. All right. Oh, 19. You're welcome, Yendo. Love you, pal. Oh, damn. So right. as I'm as I'm waving my hands, I'm trying to deduce uh, if he needs another one or... How's that, Yendo? Any better? Oh, that's a... Oh, that's that's much better. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely still f- feeling... Definitely still feeling it from from those uh, from those daggers. Uh, those uh, cultists sure know how to use them, but uh, try I, again. I'm much better. If it, well, if anyone, okay, oh, all right. Thirteen. You're too powerful, Yendo. We need you at full force. Well, with with thirteen, he's like, oh, you, you know what? Uh, I I think uh, I think that was it. I think he got it all. Excellent. Yendo Fando for life. <laughs> <laughs> I look around as to who else needs heals. Yeah, uh, Rogier would definitely request some. Okay, here comes another cure moderate. Oh, 20. Oh. Yeah, you're not losing your job anytime soon, Randolph. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Uh, do you have any cure light wounds left? I do not. Okay. Right. And uh, I'm trying to think if I use the bead today. Can't remember because I'm missing a bunch of HP. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah, you did. I don't think we have used because like right. we woke up and we were all pretty good, but you had to use the two third level spells on to attempt to break the curse. But right, right, yeah, I'm, pre- exactly. I'm pretty sure you still got used to the bead. All right, so I'm gonna bead myself right in front of Vipira's face. It's a three three d eight plus five. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Right in front of her face. <laughs> that shit fucking backfires on me so hard. One, two, one, where my 3d8 rolls for a whopping niner. Jesus Christ. You, you got one more than you potentially could have done with 1d8. Wow. So, yeah, uh, so, so, so Randolph, <laughs> you, you want some Rogiar healing? <laughs> I look over at Rogar like, oh, uh, I, I guess I don't take it. Don't take I guess it. I didn't use this too well. So you're gonna take <laughs> take seven non-lethal, but you heal for twenty-one. Oh, oh my, that's much better. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so what do you guys do now? We uh, we're all, Uchard's gonna go towards the doors to go to the stairs up upstairs. All right. So we've got a western door, an eastern door, a northwestern door. And a northeastern door. Uh, they all go to stairs that lead upstairs. You know that you will eventually get to stairs after several after traversing several rooms beyond each of those doors. You know that it's kind of a mess of rooms 
no matter where you go. I guess the door to the west that's closest. I just don't want to have to backtrack too much. Yep. All right, so you guys, uh, you open the, the western door, and we'll see you next week. Okay. On the oh. Inspired Incompetence Podcast. God right with this. Damn it. See ya. Hey, we're technically See ya. finally outside of Rossler's Clawford. See ya. See we ya. fucking better be. <laughs>